You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through their journeys as their pro- professionals in their fields. Remember, if you have any questions for us, leave them in the comments section, or you can ask your questions on our Inspire platform. Um, on today's show, we would like to welcome Huda Jafar. Huda is the digital content writer for the Imam Mahdi Association of Maraja. It's a nonprofit organization that seeks to provide religious education for Muslim Americans. Huda um, is going to tell us about her journey through uh, mental health, through uh, using wellness and exercise and uh, to to fulfill her um, her both her emotional growth and her mental growth and her physical growth. So we're gonna go through a very um, interesting and uh, personal journey today on this show, which is which I'm so thankful for. Uh, let's welcome Sister Huda. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Fatima. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I think today is going to give a lot of um, insight into, uh, you know, a lot of things that we go through as youth. And as well, when we grow up, right, uh, there's so much taboo around um, these kinds of issues. And I'm so grateful that you're here to speak about these today. Thank you. I'm happy I think to it's going to benefit our youth a lot. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Um, so we can start off by just telling us a little bit about um, your uh, educational career, and then we'll go from there. So uh, can you tell us about your career background? Okay, so I did my um, my bachelor's in English and middle. I did a minor in Middle Eastern studies, mm-hmm. um, and then um, after I finished college, my college experience wasn't like you know I wasn't like part of anything or anything. It was just school, and then I used to go back home. And mm-hmm. I said, but I was I was a good student. I I worked hard, and um, and after that, I we went to uh, me and my me and my husband. We went. To, we traveled to um, Iraq. He was he was uh, studying in the religious seminary there, mm-hmm. and I did take a few classes there too as well. And when I came back, I got um, I currently work as a digital content writer for the Imam organization. And yeah, can you tell us what a digital content writer is? Uh, they write we we write uh, like blogs and articles and and things like that for uh, for the, to be published on the website. Um, and what is your writing? Uh... I write about things uh, like religious things that can um, educate the youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like growing up, we had uh, learned our religion through fear. We like learned about like you know how God is so mad at you all the time. You know, if you do this, mm-hmm. God will like put you in hell and things like that. And um, but in fact, it's not like that at all. You know, God is not there to, you know, he's not out there to go and like punish us. And I feel like um, the youth should know that, you know, like God is so mm-hmm. merciful. He's there to help us all the time, you know. And and so I write about things, things like that. What is your um, message to our youth? Uh, what is the thing that you always want to portray? Um, keep God keep God in every step you take. Think about God in every step that you take in life, anything, because he is there all the time. We need, we need divine help to even like take our next breath, you know, mm-hmm. so keep God in, in front of everything that you do. 
As a writer, it can be difficult for you to find, you know, what your passion is and what you want to write for. Um, it's amazing that you found that sort of your, your niche, right? How did yeah. you find this um, opportunity at the Imam Mahdi organization? Um, so after having kids, um, I have a lot of anxiety leaving my kids. I will, I wouldn't have gotten any job. I would have stayed at home and taken care of my kids. I think every mom can understand that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anxiety. And at first, I thought that was there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. But um, it's, I think it's normal. It's normal for us to to feel that way. You know, our kids are so young and they need us. You know, mm -hmm. more than more than they need our dad, their dads. You know, like there's a, especially when you're breastfeeding and stuff like that. There's so mm -hmm. much you know the, the dad can do. You know. You can only pump so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I was like, I will like when I'm ready to go back to work, I will, I will, I'll figure it out. But right now, I'm just staying home. And if I, if a, a job opportunity comes where I can work from home, mm -hmm. I will take it. Mm -hmm. So, um, one, one day, my husband saw a posting from from this organization that you know it's a fully remote job. You don't really have to go anywhere you know for you can do it at home and and i he's like maybe you should maybe you should uh you know apply for it and see if you if you get it and i did i got the interview and alhamdulillah i got the job in almost four years now i'm i'm working with them. yeah alhamdulillah it's good alhamdulillah um what do you do with writer's block writer's block um i talk to other people I talked to my husband. I talked to my younger brother. He he gave me lots of nice ideas. My younger brother is he's only 17 now. So I feel like uh, I, whatever goes through his mind, I can like find something that's relatable to the youth so I can write about it. And um, yeah, so go for a walk, you know, take a step back, take a step back and 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 take your time because writer's block is, is is not fun to deal with. So just take a step back, go mm -hmm. for a walk, talk to people, and then something will come. Yeah, something will eventually come. We're going to backtrack um, to your time in Iraq. Um, I think that was when your fitness journey really started. So can you tell us a little bit about that time? So during that time, Iraq was still a war zone. Um, so it, going there, not having like family around, not having any friends, it was just me and my husband, you know, mm -hmm. and my husband was, I would go for classes in the morning, but he would go all day, almost all day, mm -hmm. you know, so I was alone. Um, and then I kind of, I feel like I went through depression and I was just eating Cheetos and ice cream. I remember because <laughs> ice cream was like, it was, it was like you get like four, four, four ice creams for like a dollar. They were so cheap. <laughs> I, I ate a lot of that to like, kind of like cover my depression or like, you know, to make myself Cold feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, one day I was sitting down on the floor and I was trying to get up and I like lost my breath just to get up, you know, just to get back on my feet. And then I was like, if I don't figure this out now, like later on, it won't, it won't, um, it won't, it won't end well. So I was like, there now or now or never. So I did my research. I, I was looking for like, um, for like intense workouts. And I found, I don't know if you, if you know, um, Jillian Michaels, mm -hmm. she's known as one of the America's toughest trainers, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I loved her workouts because she was she was hard. 
it was hard. And I, I remember at that time, I didn't have um, dumbbells or anything. So my husband had, had bought home like a lot of heavy books. <laughs> They're probably they're, you're yeah. using religious books. <laughs> Those as dumbbells. <laughs> so then I used to work out maybe four, four, four hours a day. Mm-hmm. I come back from class. I used to rest for a little bit. And then, and then the whole time, the whole, like from 12 to four, I remember it was just working out. Mm-hmm. It was one workout after the other, after the other. And it made me feel so good. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I wasn't depressed anymore. Um, I started losing a lot of weight really, really fast because I was, I was working out a lot. Mm-hmm. And naturally, my eating habits changed. Like, I didn't want that ice cream anymore. I didn't want that those Cheetos. I didn't want the snacks anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of ha- that kind of happened naturally, which was which was nice. I didn't have to like think about what I was eating. It just it just happened, you know. You make but, it sound like it's very easy, but what's your advice for youth who are going through something similar? Um, if you're not feeling good, find something that will help you feel better. Mm-hmm. Either physically, mentally, or anything, try to find that one thing that will help you feel better about yourself or feel better about, you know, mentally, whatever is going on in your mind. There is always something. Yeah. So whether it's it's uh, going for a walk, whether it's writing, whether it's uh, talking with friends, there is something that will make you feel better. And you just have to search for it and you will find it. Inshallah. Um, and this takes us into your marathons. Um, so there was a lot that went on in your life at this time. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your experiences with COVID and how that led you into the New York City marathons? So um, my first half marathon was about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine, she knew that I was working out regularly and stuff and things like that. So she was like, this will be really good if you if you go and, and, and do this. Like you're already working out, you're, you're like halfway there. Mm-hmm. And running, like running is not like a, that's not like my thing, you know? She's like, no, she's like, please just just do it, you know, train for it and then, and then, and then do it. So like, okay, fine. I trained for it. It was the first time I was running. So I was running like one minute one minute walking, one minute running. That's how I started. And then slowly, slowly, uh, I trained for it. I got through the half marathon. And then I was running, you know, here and there, you know. And then come 2020, um, when COVID hit really badly here, um, uh, my mom, she got COVID from one of her doctors. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she, was, she passed away alone so we could not even see her you know um we were not able to like say our goodbyes you know nobody was there to hold her hand and and we it was it was hard for us to to process all of this because she was in the hospital like she was in the hospital she was after like maybe a few days she was put on a ventilator and that was it you know it wasn't there was no connection yeah it was we were in total shock right Mm -hmm. And then um, after when we when we got the news, what do you do with that? Mm. You know, like, like How do you was, process it? Yeah, like like she was fine, like like yesterday. I talked to mm. her yesterday, you know, like and she was fine. She had a you know a bad cough and stuff. And then 
And then um, during that time, all the mosques were closed. So we weren't allowed to like um, do the washing ritual. Mm -hmm. Normally we give after, after someone passes away. Yeah. So I went, I went with, uh, with one of my, one of my mom's friends mm -hmm. we went and um, we did it. And normally when, um, when, uh, when somebody passes away, the doctors usually keep a name tag on the foot of, of the deceased. And I remember going to the room and, and I was scared to look at the name tag. I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, I was praying that, that, that the doctors had made a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, but unfortunately, it, it 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 they did not. And then um, I remember holding her. I'm like, okay, like you know, like wake up. It's time to go. You know, like you, you're not supposed to be here. You know, it's initial shock. Of it. Yeah, it, like none of that felt real. Mm -hmm. you know? And then, so 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 there was that. And then like I'm I'm the older daughter. Of in my family, so I feel like um, as an older daughter, we kind of feel responsible for the rest of the family when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. And um, like I hated seeing the way my dad was, the way my siblings were. You know, that was very very hard. And then um, and then my kids were home. We were on a lockdown, so usually when when something like this happens, like um, the community comes together. The community comes together. People come to visit you and comfort yeah. you and stuff like that. And it was very, very lonely. Mm -hmm. There was nobody, nobody could come. I was scared to even like hug my siblings because like maybe I had something. I didn't want to give it to them or maybe they have something. I have two kids at home. I'm scared to like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and we were on lockdown. My, my, I was always, I was a mess. I didn't, couldn't process all of this. I didn't know what was happening. And then my kids were like keeping their distance from me because I, you know, they were, they were like, what's going on with her? You know, like she's always like sad and crying and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they're too young to process, right? Yeah, they're young. So all of these things, like nothing made sense, you know? And and I was not doing okay. Like mentally, I was not, I was not okay at all. I was, I was done. I was, I could not sleep at night. I didn't, I was scared, you know, I was always hoping that this was all the dream, you know, like sometimes I would be like, you know, like, like, am I, am I like really, like really living this? Yeah. And then, um, so I just used to get up in the morning and I used to run and I, I was running away from, from this nightmare. I was running away from the responsibility that I had now. Um, I was running away from from my kids who were who were you know like if you're they're on lockdown they're going crazy because they yeah. can't see anyone and they're driving you crazy at home too I'm sure every parent knows you know so but I used to come back and I felt good I felt much better than you know I felt better I feel like I could think I can process what's going on so um, and then I just got addicted to it. And because of that feeling that that you that get, rush. yeah, and then you're you're just okay. You're just better. You're better mentally, you know. And then when you're better mentally, I feel like you're just a better mom. You're better. You're a better wife. You're better to your own self, you know. And that's so important. You really have to take care of yourself first yeah. before you can take care of everyone else. Exactly. If you're not okay, no one's gonna be okay. So mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you you have to always put yourself first, especially when going through something like this. Yeah. What did you do on your runs? What was thing that you that helped you get everything out sometimes I would run I would 
I would think about what, what happened. And then I would, sometimes I ran for like 10 miles and I cried the whole way. Sometimes mm-hmm. I screamed, you know, in the middle because it just it was too much, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I used to imagine my mom at the end of every run, at the end of fin- the finish line, like saying, look, good job, you did it, you know, like, especially during the harder runs, yeah. like running 10 miles in like 18 degree weather. That's not easy, you know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot. So I, I can't when I'm going up the stairs, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I felt like, and then when I used to come home, like, um, I didn't think it was a big deal, like running like, you know, X amount of miles. And I didn't think it was a big deal. But then like my husband was like, wow, that's pretty cool that you did that. And then I used to think like, oh, yeah, that that is pretty cool. That you is know? a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, that's cool. Like, like, I just ran like 13 miles in like, in like 10 degree weather, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice. And then, um, so then, um, um, after, after I was doing a lot of, a lot of this, he, my husband was like, maybe you should, this year, um, the New York city marathon is virtual. You don't even have to, anybody can get into it, you know, just, you just have to think. And I was like 26.2 miles. That's a whole lot of miles. Like, how can I do that? <laughs> and he's like, you're already halfway there. And I was like, like, wow, he's right. I am like halfway there, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I signed up for that and and I did that. The, I trained for that for about three or four months mm-hmm. and, and I and I did it. And it was the most incredible run of my life. It was so, how, so good. How do you prepare and train um, to run a marathon? So you have to do some, you have to do cross training and then you have to do a lot of long distance running mm-hmm. to make sure that your, your, your body can, can handle the long distance. Yeah. So can you tell I, us a bit more about like uh, specifics that you do if someone is interested in um, the marathon? Yeah. So um, there's a lot of cross training. You have to do a lot of strength training to make sure that you have your legs have to be strong for them for them to like get through the distance, right? And then um, you start slow. You start off with even if if you're new to running, you start off with one mile and then slowly build build the mileage right so um yeah so and like have one or two days where you do very long runs like mm-hmm. you know like it could be 10 miles half a marathon you know and then slowly slowly then by, by the end by closer to the day of the marathon you, you'll see that it get, gets even to 20 miles that you have okay to, that you have to train for yeah it's a lot of time a lot of effort yeah. and stuff yeah yeah so um but like you said, you start slow and then you slowly yeah. build up. You can't just run 26 yeah, miles right away <laughs> and decide to run. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, you're using your runs to raise money for charity. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So when I um, when I um, was looking to enter the New York City Marathon. Um, I couldn't get in because you had to, you had to, um, you had to, qual- you had to ha- have run a, a few. I know when we hear our, our children, we just can't think anywhere. I know. Sorry. <laughs> That's completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to enter the New York City Marathon, yeah. especially this year, because last year was virtual. Um, a lot of, like it got sold sold out within like within a few seconds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who didn't get to run last year, they already had paid for it. They um they're running. They that, were running this okay. year, yeah. So they got they got uh things. So 
I was looking for something um, I could get in, but mm -hmm. I had to get in through a charity. Now there's a lot of charities, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of charities. Like, how do you choose which one to do, you know, which one to go with? So I found one, um, it's called Oasis for Oasis for Orphans. Mm -hmm. They are a charity, they raise money for orphans in Kenya. Okay. So um, I myself had been to Kenya before, so um, I've seen how how life is over there, and I've seen the the poverty and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I feel I felt like this was very meaningful. The work that they do was very. I read about it. I saw pictures. So it was very nice to see. Yeah. So I was like, okay. I reached out to them. I said I'm interested. You know, They're like okay, you have to raise thirty five hundred dollars and. Uh, and I told my husband, I was like, thirty five hundred dollars—that's a lot for like, like, I, like, how can I like advertise this? And he's like, just use your social media. I will help you and, and mm -hmm. things like that. So, like, alhamdulillah, like, I I raised the money and and um, I got in this this year, and it was it was it was it was amazing. It was, if there's something that you want to do in your life, you should do this run. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to share your social media handle with the sure the viewers? Yeah, sure. You can put it in the private chat, and then I'll just put it up as a banner here. Um, so going on from there, um, what's one like piece of advice you wish someone would have given you before you either went into your career or started running marathons or began exercising, whichever part of your journey you want to share? Um, something that, something that I you wish, wish someone would have told you. Yeah. Um, life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know how hard life is until like, until you go through something really, really hard. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, like, for example, my story, the d death, that's very, very hard. And, and, you know, you know how, like, um, uh, we say that, you know, I'm praying, we're praying for the deceased, but we're also praying for the family. Mm -hmm. I feel like if it wasn't for the people's prayers to get us through this, we probably wouldn't get through it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that hard. And then, then I understand like, oh, this is why you would pray for the family because it's like, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. very, very hard. Yeah. How important is, uh, let's speak about, um, you know, going through loss. How important is community support? Because you said that during COVID, you didn't have any of that, right? Yeah. Like, I think we underestimate um, the importance of that. Sometimes when someone passes, you're like, oh, why does everyone have to come over right now? Yeah. On normal days. Yeah. I feel like it's very, very, very important, especially mm -hmm. like people who are close to you. and so Just to like give you a hug and like let you like, like let out all the emotions mm -hmm. I feel like that helps a lot you know and and during that time we didn't have any of that like even i told you my sibling i could not even hug my sisters or anything mm -hmm. because i was scared it's very 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 important it's very important um for you experiencing all of this and going through everything that you went through um especially your mental well-being. I think it's so crucially important that you you sort of found a way to cope with everything and let out your stress. Um, how do you how like how do you become that self-conscious 
um, what advice do you have for youth who are going through this and need to pull themselves up and start, you know, maybe it could be drawing for them. Maybe it could be um, writing. Maybe it could be whatever form of like, whatever method helps them cope. Yeah. So what advice do you have? Um, it's okay not to be okay. You know, it's, it's, it's totally okay. I mean, nobody is a hundred percent okay. You know, everybody has a story and to get better, you need to tell yourself like, okay, like, I'm not doing okay. I need to, I need to figure this out for myself. If we just mm-hmm. keep ignoring it, 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 it won't, it won't end well, you know, realizing that, okay, I need help. I need to help myself and then um, look for what helps you. Mm-hmm. Look for something that will make you feel better. Like you said, whatever it can be, like talking to a friend, going for a walk, drawing, painting, anything that helps. Everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. So running works for me. You know, it might not work for anyone else, you know? Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's, it's fine. It's okay not to be okay and get the help that you need. Mm-hmm. Even, if, even if it's for you to help yourself, you know, you have to just get up and, and, and do it. The hardest thing is getting up and doing it. Mm-hmm. The first step is always the hardest, you know, and then it becomes, uh, then it becomes a part of your life. It becomes like till today, I wake up every morning and I have to work out. Otherwise, I'm not okay. Mm. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have a lot of anxiety and stress and, you know, and stuff like that. If I don't get that workout in the morning, I, I'm a different person. I have to make sure I have to, for my own self, for my family, and for everybody around me. Yeah. 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 If you get a lot of uh, comments from, let's say, people within your community telling you, oh, mental health is not real, you know, oh, you're just exaggerating, oh, just deal with it, you know, Um, or the famous open a Quran, (laughs) you know, so how do you deal with those comments and how do you sort of, um, you know, Quran is very, very beneficial, and it's something that you know people do. We keep close to us, and we always remember the words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And sometimes we do need different methods of, you know, yeah. sort of. Um, so, how do you deal with those kinds of uh, comments? Um, well, mental health is very, very real, mm-hmm. and you can ignore it as 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 long as you like, but it's there, and it's not gonna get better if you don't if you don't realize that it's there. And for those people who say that, you know, open the Quran and stuff like that, but God is telling you, God in the Quran tells you that, I remember there's one hadith that's, um, that uh, one guy came to Imam Ali and he told him that, um, Imam Ali, I'm not feeling well. Um, he said, he said, okay, so go see a doctor. And then he said, no, but God is going to cure me. He's like, yeah, but God gave us, you know, people like that so we can go to, so we can feel better, mm-hmm. you know? So yes, of course, Quran is, you know, a, a way, but also God has given us so many resources. You know, there are so many things. Go and seek that, mm-hmm. and get the help that you need well, for whatever it is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about your journey before we come to the end of our show? Um, any piece, like piece of advice, anything that you find valuable to bring up? Um, just going back to um, uh, my writing, um, mm-hmm. I've written, I've written um, a blog about the spirituality of new moms. I feel like nobody ever talks about that ever. Yes. 
um, I feel like when we have when we have our kids, like there's no time to do anything. Yeah. You know, we just take care of our kids, just take care of our kids. And um, and there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. Like suddenly I can't pray as much as I used to. I can't focus. I can't read Quran as much as I used to. And and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a very long time to fi- to to figure out that that's okay. Um, I was like, God has given us now. He has given us a new responsibility. He has given us these tiny human beings that you know that we have to take care of. We have to give them our whole life, our attention, our whole everything. They you know? solely rely on you. Yeah, exactly. Right. And um, I felt like for a very long time, I felt like um, like God was very mad at me for not for not like you know doing what I used to do before. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I was. Um, I was, I make my, I, I, I help my, uh, my daughters uh, memorize a lot of Quran, mm-hmm. right? So I was pushing my daughter on the swing and I, and we were repeating one chapter of the Quran, repeating it, repeating, repeating it. And then I realized like, like I'm, I'm, I'm this is the way I can get through um, this is the form of spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is like, I'm teaching her everything that I know yeah. for the sake of God. You know, and I feel like a lot of people, a lot of moms struggle with that. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to go to the mosque. It's okay if you want to sleep early because you're tired because, you know, because you had to take care of, of your kids. It's it's all okay. And I feel like a lot of people in our community, they, they make you feel guilty yeah. for, for, for not coming to the mosque, for example, <laughs> or something. But, you know, take their advice, you know, even if you don't agree with it. Take it, hear it out, and then and then go. You know, you're the mom. You know what's best for your child. Mm-hmm. That's and another valuable piece of advice. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. Thank you so much, Hannah, uh, for sharing your journey and sharing your experiences and for inspiring us so much today. No, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Um, is there any other final piece of advice you want to give us, or? I, um, if I had to give you a piece of advice, um, in every situation, there's going to be things that you can control and things you cannot control. Mm-hmm. So do the best with the things that you can control and leave the rest up to God and he will take care of it. See, this is why I ask this question no matter what, because it's always the golden like <laughs> ending to the show. Thank you so much, Hada. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. You were just listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. Please tune in every week on YouTube to hear all of our future shows. If you have any questions for our speakers, make sure to ask them on the Inspire platform on the Omoja app. Um, and thank you for listening to our show today.